Tis the season of the witch, so we really wanted to do a Halloween special about the rise in the online talk about witches and witchcraft. Specifically, famous figures who've been dabbling in the dark arts. From Emma Watson, thanking her coven, to Kylie Minogue being accused of sorcery with her new album release. So Lisa, should we huddle around our cauldron and have a look at what's brewing in the comments? I'm saging myself as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today we're going to be asking, why are we so fascinated by witches and magic? Why has there been a rise in occult-related celebrity conspiracy theories? And why does society like to brand some women witches? Join us, but tread carefully, as we head straight to the comments. For me, Halloween is about witches. You know, it's the broomsticks, the cauldrons, and of course, the black cats. Mm -hmm. I mean, autumn is my favourite season, and I love Halloween. I love to get that witchy feeling, you know, making my home all cosy. I've got the candles. I'm watching Practical Magic. And maybe I try to dress a little bit like Stevie Nicks. (laughs) And I try to even pretend that my black lab is a black cat and walk around the forest feeling very at one with nature. Yeah, I totally relate to that. And, you know, I have to be honest, I've always felt a very strong connection to this idea of a primal and powerful feminine energy that's connected to nature and the earth. And I think often people end up using the label witch to describe that very thing. Yeah, exactly. And I I really do feel there's been a rise in this like witch content. One of my favourite Reddit forums is Witches versus Patriarchy, which probably needs no introduction. But they describe themselves as a woman-centred group with a witchy twist, aimed at healing, supporting and uplifting one another through humour and magic. The goal is at once to embrace and poke fun at the mystical aspects of femininity that have been previously demonised or devalued by the patriarchy. Where do I sign up? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They also encourage you to share pictures of your familiars, pets and animal friends. And by the way, I had no clue what a familiar was, so I had to Google it. And they're actually a small household pet that serves as a witch's companion. And um, just so that you know, familiars are not just pets. They are our truest friends and confidants. They hear and see it all. They understand and know us better than we may even know ourselves. Well, I mean, I think I've mentioned before that I'm slightly obsessed with my cat. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) Yeah. I know. They've got nearly 730,000 followers. And if you've not seen it, um, I really recommend that you check it out. And someone asked on there, what type of witches are in this group? And there were lots of responses. And for the sake of time, I'll just mention a few because this was an education for me. Someone said, I'm a green cottage witch. A green witch is into herbalism, botany, crystals, animals, and has a very deep connection with the natural world. Someone else said, I'm a literary sorceress with a minor in kitchen witchery. And just so you know, a kitchen witch is into cooking, recipe spell work, home rituals, decor and cleansing. Their craft is connected with the home. And someone else said a hedge witch. A hedge witch is into astral travel, strong other world connection, trance, exploring between this life and the realms beyond. And it made me think, Sarah, maybe you and I we're podcast witches. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's starting to sound like there is a version of of being a witch that's for just about every possible category. Yeah, I mean, I find it fascinating and I will post a breakdown on Instagram for all the different types of witches. But when I started researching this, over on TikTok, there's actually something called Witch Talk. Oh, wow. Which has over, yeah, it has over 47 billion views. The content ranges from sort of like, you know, that witchy autumn ascetic 
celebrations of sisterhood, feminism, astrology, crystals, journaling, you know, a lot of healing content to actually then more actual spells and witchcraft itself. Wow. You know, I I mean, I've definitely seen that there's a lot of witch related content on Instagram and Pinterest even. Yeah, like it feels like it's everywhere and more than ever. And what's interesting is the online magazine Quartz labelled witchcraft as the perfect religion for liberal millennials. So my first thought is, what is going on with this trend? Is it just about aesthetics? Or is like, um, excuse the pun, a whole generation under a spell? <laughs> well, <laughs> interestingly, I just read an article about how witch lit is the hottest new genre on mm. our bookshelves. And in that, Phoebe Morgan, a publisher at Hood of Fiction, had said, witches are definitely a big thing, which is exciting and fun. But it also has something to do with a sense that women's rights are in danger of being stripped away again, with things like the overturning of Roe versus Wade in America. These books are often concerned with pregnancy, abortion, and abuse, as well as magic. Wow, that's really interesting. But the fascination with magic, you know, in all the different arts, so films, TV, books, it's not really a new thing. I mean, we grew up mm. in the 90s. Mm. <laughs> not like we've ever said that before. <laughs> um, but, you know, for example, I grew up watching series like Charmed, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and also films like Hocus Pocus, Roald Dahl's The Witches. And then we had the rise of Harry Potter, which just took sorcery and magic to a whole nother level. I mean, that was absolutely crazy how obsessed people were into it. Mm. You know, when it launched a billion dollar business and it was a huge cultural moment. But why do you think people are so fascinated by wizardry, magic and witches? You know, I think one of the aspects is um, being fascinated at people having powers. So Gina mm. Wirtz on the Daily Fandom said, we idolize witches, wishing we possess the same abilities to perform spells and curses on those around us. I think this is even more appealing when we feel like we don't have as much power in our lives. So it's like a great little fantasy to, <laughs> to, to mm. feel like it's the opposite of our life. So Auntie Donahue in Esquire said, we tend to reclaim power through culture when we're feeling politically powerless and nothing offers us the illusion of power like watching fictional characters wield theirs. Yeah, and that's something I can really relate to. I've often, you know, you know that I really mm. lean into like the romantic witch. Like I've told you many times I love practical magic with Sandra Bullock and... Um, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Brilliant. And I saw a Reddit comment where someone said, I basically just want to live with the aunts in their gothic mansion making potions and drinking midnight margaritas. I mean, how good does that sound? I love that film and that would be the <laughs> life, I have to say. Yeah. I think I love the aunts more than the main characters. Yeah. You know, so they fall into the category of the good witch, the ones that we're more likely to identify with and even wish that we were. So as Madeleine Miller says in The Guardian, the image of the good witch is ascendant in popular culture at a time when women have made strides towards equality. So, you know, that's, that's a positive thing. Mm. But if you look at it, like, and how witches have been perceived throughout history, you know, it's always this idea about them not just doing something harmful, but they actually have evil intentions and that they've made pacts with the devil. And, you know, and then it's sort of evolved into that sort of classic image of the sort of ugly, old, wicked witch, like the character played by Angelica Houston in The Witches. Yeah, yeah. It's that whole, um, makes me think of that traditional scary witch with a green face and these massive warts. Yeah. And, you know, the basically the Halloween uh, costume. Yeah. That's something that's been around a long, long time. So Madeline Miller also went on to say, Roman literature portrayed witches as pathetic creatures with false teeth and grey hair. 
who dug in the ground by moonlight, tore animals with their teeth and used the organs of boys they starved to death for their spells. So they're, you know, they're a perfect figure of hatred and fear. They're the classic uh, Hansel and Gretel witch, someone to blame for everything that's going wrong. And, and in the movies, you get to like cheer and feel safe when they're thwarted and vanquished. Oh, absolutely. I remember feeling terrified of the witch in The Wizard of Oz. And I was so relieved when she finally melted. I was like, is she fully dead? You know? Yeah, it's like, we're safe. Good as one. Yeah. But it does feel that how witches are portrayed on the screen says a lot about our views of women and power in general. Catherine Van Orendonk in Vulture, she said, she's either a destabilizing, dangerous villain or a powerful protagonist. And the vision you choose depends entirely on your point of view. But there's a really big difference between these fictional witches and real witchcraft. I mean, there are whole threads dedicated to this on Reddit where practicing wickers weigh in. So, for example, I saw one that said, I've never seen any witchcraft on TV or movies that looks reminiscent of real life practice. And another one said, I think all the shows and films about it need to be seen as 90% fantasy, mainly because viewers want to see action instead of the truth, which might not be as exciting as people expect. Yeah, I get that point. But what about those celebrities who've had connections to witchcraft in real life and not just on screen? Well, I think that's where it gets really interesting. Um, and by the way, when we say this, we mean those who have either publicly admitted to being witches or practicing elements of witchcraft or just being accused of it. So let's start off on the more soft core or the romantic vision of witches. But we're still talking about witchcraft, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, this hasn't, this hasn't yeah. changed to a special late night version. Just journaling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So magic and witchcraft obviously cover a really large spectrum and what people mean when they use those terms can vary very widely. So on the lighter side, you have people who are interested in New Age spirituality, anything that's been influenced by principles associated with paganism or Wicca. So it could just mean, you know, using crystals or cleansing mm. the sage. As the Nikki Swift blog states, for many celebs, witchcraft isn't satanic. It's a divine sisterhood, a way to commune with nature and or a spiritual method of manifestation. So, you know, some of these celebrity examples that they listed were um, Naomi Campbell told People magazine that she always travels with crystals. Mm -hmm. Mary Kate Olsen told Vogue in 2017, I sage everything all the time, constantly saging. I don't want bad energy. And even Adele credits spiritual crystal healing for calming her pre-show nerves. So that's the sort of basic introduction to it. Yeah. But how could we not mention our queen of commercial witchery, Gwyneth Paltrow, and her thousand-dollar <laughs> rainbow mats and psychic vampire sprays, which we mentioned in our dedicated Gwyneth and Goop episode. Yeah, she she is the peak of that level. She is e-commerce witch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's her hers her her area. Her shtick, literally. Yeah, we know that back in the day, being called a witch had very deadly consequences. Mm obviously, but it, it has really different associations now. So for some, it mm. can just mean a strong, powerful woman, or maybe even just someone who practices any of those kind of healing modalities that we've mentioned. Mm. Frances Toon wrote in an article for Penguin Books, the witch is also a healing figure. In recent years, witches and their covens have been reclaimed to express a spiritual side of feminism, one that feels more comfortable with the maiden, the mother, and the crone, rather than the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. So for example, someone who fits into this is Emma Watson posted on Instagram for her 33rd birthday. And what she said was, thank you to the witches in my coven who were so pivotal in helping me arrive at where and who I am now. 
You're my Avengers and you inspire me and kick ass. It takes a village. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And because of her famous role in the Harry Potter films, it could also just have been a nod to that rather than meaning that she's a literal practitioner of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. But using that terminology, it triggered a lot of people, as you can imagine. So, you know, some of the comments were on the Mail Online, another Illuminati cult member, (laughs) and uh, a second one, Freemasonic Hollywood Saturn worshipper. I mean, she hadn't mentioned the Freemasons, but for some reason, (laughs) that was their assumption. And a third one, there's something weird about the comments on this article, as though many people are deeply triggered by what is a fairly bland story. Her privilege, her celebrity, her wealth seems to be the focus of so many angry comments. Don't even get me started on the main online comments about witches. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. They get easily triggered. And they're ready to grab their pitchforks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. More than ever. Well, similar to witch being used to mean a strong, powerful woman, It can also be used to suggest someone who's a survivor. For example, I really love these tote bags that you see. Um, It's also a quote you see all the time on Pinterest. We are the granddaughters of the witches you couldn't burn. And you must have seen this. I absolutely love them and I, I want to get one. I don't know why I don't already have one. And that's actually paraphrased from the 2015 Tish Thor novel, The Witches of Black Book. It's definitely something you see at feminist protests. It's really popular in those areas. And um, Francis Toon wrote, the witch has come to symbolize misogyny's long, grim history and the need for remembrance. Beyond the divine sisterhood of crystals and sage, the witch, it also represents a feminine power that exists outside of the patriarchy. Francine Toon wrote, it was a power I found irresistible as a child. Unlike other female characters, they didn't need a prince to rescue them from a tower. They'd fly out of it themselves, back to their confectionery-clad houses, a cat by their side. And can I just add, living in a confectionery-clad house with a cat might be my absolute dream. You know what? I'm actually completely with you, but then I'm worried, like, who I would attract. (laughs) But I think someone who seems to subscribe to this definition of which is Megan Fox. Oh, yeah. We mentioned her in our Aaron Grande and Megan Fox episode. She's someone who's been quite open about her interest in the occult. Uh, She said, I do rituals on new moons and full moons and all these things. And she has Mm -hmm. also said about her and her partner, Machine Gun Kelly, it's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only. And you know, when I first heard this, I I totally thought, because you know, she's always been sort of a little bit accused of trying to copy Angela Jolie. Mm. And that when Angela Jolie was married to Billy Bob Thornton, apparently they were so in love with each other that they had vials of each other's blood around their neck and there was all this other stuff. Do you remember that? I totally do. And there was also stuff around, you know, her obsession with knives. But it was a huge story at the time. You know, I'm sure the National Enquirer had a field day with it. Yeah. But... Megan Fox actually fully referred to herself as a witch, and she used that term in response to a tweet. So a Republican politician called Robbie Starbuck, he claimed that he witnessed her forcing her sons to wear so-called feminine clothing. And she fired back on Instagram saying, exploiting my child's gender identity to gain attention in your political campaign has put you on the wrong side of the universe. I have been burned at the stake by insecure, narcissistic, impotent little men like you many times. And yet I'm still here. You fucked with the wrong witch. (laughs) I just love her. She gives such sassy comebacks every time. 
And as you can see, that's not, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think she's saying anything wrong there. But his response was to genuinely complain that she'd threatened him with witchcraft and then tweet. What? Yeah, I know. So he tweeted, my house is protected by Jesus, AR-15s and actual security. So I'm good. Pray for her. This is demonic energy in her coming out. And you know what? Several of his followers actually made comments that she was evil. And despite being complete strangers, they actually genuinely suggested calling Child Protective Services on her to have her kids taken away. Bloody hell. But now you just like, I'm just still stuck on the thing. Can you be prosecuted for witchcraft in America? I mean, that would be, I thought that stopped 100 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I haven't looked into it. But alternatively, in response to this exchange, Elon Musk actually tweeted, looking to hire a VP of witchcraft and propaganda. And I don't know, I think that might be my ideal job. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and it's actually quite funny because, you know, they say if you're really good at PR, you're like good at mastering the dark arts. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, we said it before in our, like you said, in our Megan Fox episode that she definitely embraces that dark feminine energy. And she captured one of her photos recently on Instagram as Lilith Rising. And someone commented underneath, Megan is entering her independent dark femme era. And then another person said, for me, she was already a great definition of the dark feminine. And others took it more seriously, as to be expected. The wife of Satan. Okay, you sold your soul and lost your morals. Hopefully you find Jesus again. Um, yeah, I don't think she's looking for him. (laughs) Well, I would say Megan Fox's type of witch that's the one that embraces the dark feminine. It fits into the feminist perspective on witchcraft. Mm. It's all about embracing feminine power and including the shadow parts of it. Yeah. And Gina Wirtz in the Daily Fandom said, witches have become the face of feminism. Modern day feminism has become all about owning your power and not allowing anyone to drag you down. But another female celebrity who has also talked about using dark magic, but taking it much further is Azalea Banks. Yeah, you know... Every time I hear her name, I'm always getting a little bit like creeped out because I always feel like she's having a go at someone mm. or she's doing something quite shocking. Yeah, yeah. You always like, oh, what is it this time when you hear yeah. her name? Like, and you know, I don't know any of her music and I'm quite into like different types of music. I've never heard her songs. I think I listened to one song I liked years ago, but I can't remember it now. Yeah, unfortunately, this example uh, of her and witchcraft is not much different to those other shocking ones. Um, So in 2016, the rapper posted a series of videos to Instagram where she actually admitted to practicing three years worth of brujería, which is the Spanish word for witchcraft, before then starting to clean what appeared to be a closet in her apartment. The camera panned around, the walls were covered with what appeared to be hardened stains of blood. On the floor, there was a mix of feathers and a black substance, along with what looked like, unfortunately, two dead chickens, suggesting she'd actually performed animal sacrifices Mm. there previously. And then she goes on to say, real witches do real things. Well, you know, I'm a huge animal lover. I really don't know what to say to that. That is just like, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as, as you can imagine, this led to a huge backlash from Peter. But some social media commenters decided to find the humor in it. So there was a tweet that said, we almost sublet our apartment to Azalea Banks. Kind of glad that didn't happen. Oh my God, no. <laughs> you know? No, thank you. Ah, well, she's not getting her deposit back. Yeah. Banks is also, she's admitted to practicing the Afro-Cuban religion, I, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Palo Mayombe, and its adherents are big believers in using rituals and spells to influence their lives. In 2023, she told Dazed, this is where I found identity, 
This is where I found comfort. This is who has been watching over me my entire life. That's the thing about the term witchcraft. It can actually be loosely associated with a range of very different religious practices. So, you know, Wicca, paganism, also voodoo, hoodoo, and Santeria. Do you know, I was going to say I've heard of Santeria, but I think that I'm thinking also of a song by Santana. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Equally good. Equally good. Yeah. So I I, want to sound a bit more knowledgeable that, but I have heard of Santeria and I'm sure I've heard about it in relation to, weirdly, J-Lo. Yes. And this is where we're like now coming onto celebrities who haven't claimed themselves to be witches or have an interest in the occult, but have actually been accused of it. So back in 2011, a lot of Spanish language media ran um, some stories about uh, Santeria accusations to do with her. And so just to give a little bit of context, the word Santeria comes from Spanish and loosely translate to devotion to the saints. And it's a religion that was practiced originally in Cuba with West African roots. Ritual sacrifices of animals are conducted and practitioners decorate altars with rum, cake, cigars and flowers to appease the gods. Mm -hmm. Uh, So at the time, a woman who was dating Lopez's first husband, Ajani Noah, she said, I've been told she does the worst, frightening stuff. Jennifer has a godmother in Miami, which I've never met, but Ajani knows her. And she calls this woman to tell her, do this to this person, put up a black candle, etc. She's done amares, which are spells, on all her boyfriends. And she also alleged that she used Santeria to win the lead role in Selena over Salma Hayek. But just to maybe give some context, Noah's girlfriend made these allegations at the same time that he was in a legal fight with Lopez over a tape that contained Lopez in the nude, which he was trying to sell. So, you know. My gosh, that's a hell of a story. So she's not exactly unbiased. And also, if it was completely a made up story for revenge, it's interesting that she thought accusing her essentially of witchcraft is what she thought would be most damaging. Yeah, it's you know what? It's it's going back to the old days, isn't it? That like the worst yeah. thing that you can call a woman is a witch. It must mean that you're inherently bad, that you're evil. Yeah. That people should be afraid of you. And there's, you know, quite a well-known female celebrity that's had to deal with that for decades and I think you know who we're going to talk about and that is Steve Nicks. Yeah. Mhm. You know, the Fleetwood Mac singer, she often wore, as you referenced, really long black flowy dresses, shawls, and she had a tendency to sing about things like crystal visions and cats in the dark. So, you know, inevitably back in the 70s, rumor spread that she was an actual witch. Yeah, and people like got really confused between fashion and kind of religion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, She actually once told the LA Times, in the beginning of my career, the whole idea that some wacky, creepy people were writing, you're a witch, you're a witch, was so arresting. And here I'm like, no, I'm not. I just wear black because it makes me look thinner, you idiots. (laughs) Yes, that's my MO. Yeah, me too. You know, I think half my wardrobe is black. I get that. So I wouldn't be surprised if some people thought I was a witch too. But I actually, I know exactly what she's talking about. I mean, like I said, there's whole Pinterest boards dedicated Mm. to her kind of witchy aesthetic. And I mean, I just love her style, especially, do you remember the Rumours um, album cover? It was very iconic. Yes. Sort of doing that. Absolutely. Kind of witchy style. Yeah. That was from the 70s. But these rumours actually persisted into the 90s. And she again found herself having to respond to criticism after. So there were officials at a Presbyterian church who had banned 
students from playing landslide because they believed her to be one of the devil's devotees. I mean, I really, when this starts happening, I don't know whether to find it actually there really scary or it's just like a bit funny, you know? Yeah, well, she obviously has a good sense of humour because she played up to this witchy reputation by appearing in American Horror Story Coven. Mm -hmm. You know what? I actually think that was one of my favourite seasons. Me too. Yeah. I love that. I I really could do a rewatch. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. It's clear people get confused between fiction and real life. And another person who was accused of being a witch was Feruza Bork, who starred in The Craft, which was, you know, seminal 90s teen film of witches. Yeah, I think it's really literally haunted her, hasn't it, that role? Oh, absolutely. It's it's like that's all people can associate with her. But, um, you know, people really ran with this idea that she was a practicing witch in real life because it was reported that she owned an occult shop. And actually what the story behind that was that she was just supporting an independent business. So she told uh, Entertainment Weekly, the true story is I found this occult shop in LA and I used to go there to ask them questions to do my research, obviously for the craft. And they were really lovely people. The woman who owned it wanted to retire. She couldn't put the kind of money into it that it needed to keep it up. And so it was going to be turned into a Chinese restaurant. And I thought for the oldest occult shop in the country, that's a bit of a tragedy. So I bought it and put some work into it and helped it survive. But she wasn't actually a practicing witch. You can sort of see how people got confused there. Yeah. I mean, she played that role so convincingly. I kind of think, yeah, she's had trouble shaking it, I can imagine. Yeah, I suppose that's the downside of acting. If you're too good, yeah, people really buy into it. It's it's both a it's both. I, I suppose it's a compliment. <laughs> you know what I've really noticed in the last five years or so is the rise in accusations of A-list celebrities being associated with Satanism, witchcraft, secret cabals, sacrifices, and that it's somehow the source of their success. I absolutely know what you mean because earlier this year conspiracy theories were everywhere accusing Kylie Minogue of being part of a satanic cult. Oh my god I'm sorry I'm just laughing so hard at this one. Sorry yeah carry on. You know essentially she launched a musical comeback in May with a new single and album and it seemed to be based literally just on the fact that her album cover had her holding a diamond over one eye and she wore an all red outfit for her single Padam Padam. So that seemed to be the basis of, oh, definitely a satanic. Um, So one fan tweeted, don't know who told you to pose like this, but it's a symbol of Satanism. The hand gesture represents 666 and covering one eye is a well-known satanic gesture. Another, I loved Kylie Minogue. I made excuses for her, but her latest album is In Your Face Illuminati Symbolism. Looking back, it was there from the start on I Should Be So Lucky. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? I, yeah. Hold I, on. I know the I Should Be So Lucky song and video so well. Like, what was satanic about sweet little Kylie in a bubble bath? I mean, please educate I me. I genuinely don't know what he was saying there. So, yeah, I, I, I literally have no idea. Can I just say as a side note that I really don't get, like, how much do you need to know about Satanism to understand the symbols? Like, where do people learn about it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure there are some websites. Yeah. But obviously not everyone's buying it. So, you know, there was another there was a mail online comment where someone said, Good grief, some people have fertile imaginations. But I have to say, my favorite comment of the day goes to this one. 
Well, she doesn't age. Clearly a day-walking vampire instead. <laughs> oh, that's my new compliment I'm going to give people. That's a great one. I mean, <laughs> you know what? I was shocked when I looked her up because I've been loving this comeback and I love some of her songs already. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know she was 55. In my head, she's still stuck at like 37. Yeah. She's just got that girlishness, right? Oh, she's aged very well. Yeah. Yeah. We. I could only be so lucky. Um, but... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in your eyes <laughs> okay yeah but um she's only had accusations by complete strangers on the internet so a lot of that's par for the course for celebrities but someone who's actually had to deal with being accused of being a witch was Beyonce when Kimberly Thompson who performed drums in her um backup band for seven years mm-hmm. she filed a bizarre request for a restraining order accusing the singer of practicing vindictive witchcraft The filing actually claimed that she dabbled in extreme witchcraft, dark magic, and cast magic spells of sexual molestation. Unsurprisingly, a judge denied this request. But it definitely didn't stop. You know, and this is someone she'd worked with for seven years, so people are going to assume maybe, oh, well, you know, there's no smoke. What's that phrase? No smoke without fire. No smoke without fire. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, so bizarre. But that actually didn't stop quite a few people from believing it. And, you know, there were comments on YouTube. One was, she's an evil high priestess. And another, everyone knows her Illuminati connection. And this is something we talked about before starting the podcast. I used to call you up and say, I constantly seen the blind gossip sites about her and Jay-Z. Yeah. Being seriously into quite awful things. And she has been really kind of followed by this Illuminati stuff for years. I mean, to the point that she even acknowledged it, didn't she? In her song on Lemonade, it was called Formation, if you remember, and it had the music video. Yeah. And actually, it did look a lot like um, American Horror Story, the whole aesthetic. And she sort of sang, you'll hate us corny with that Illuminati mess. So she's not having it. No, and there are a lot of people who are also aren't buying it. So there was another comment on YouTube. Someone said, well, I guess I'm under a spell because I can't get enough of Beyonce. I think another one who had a really important, like this was quite a good point that someone made was, I can't believe that centuries after women were killed and tortured after being falsely accused of sorcery, we are still calling out witch as an empowered, hardworking woman. I think it's really interesting that you, when you've got like a, a black couple that are really successful and powerful yes. and rich, that certain people have a response to be like, well, the only way that could have happened was that they're part of an evil cult. Exactly. Like it really triggers some people. For me, that says a lot more about them. Yeah. So why do people like to label women witches? I think for me, it seems to be a way of controlling and punishing women, um, particularly those that are intelligent or powerful. So clearly we're next in line, Lisa. <laughs> In our podcast, Coven. (laughs) But um, Madeline Miller in The Guardian, she said, for centuries, witches have personified fear of assertive women. And she goes on to say, a witch transgresses norms of female power. Punishing her makes others afraid to follow in an unruly woman's footsteps. Mm. And I always really remember when Hillary Clinton being called, um, is it the wicked witch of the left Um, during her run in... 2016 was it that long yeah the 2016 presidential election I mean that kept coming up and then I remember this speech by um the Australian prime minister was it Julia Gillard and she was calling out the opposition leader Tony Abbott 
who had stood outside Parliament next to a sign that said, ditch the witch, and she took real offence with that. But it was quite shocking to see people still putting these signs up about witches. Yeah, I mean, so whatever your personal views are about these women as people or politicians, there's just no way a male politician gets painted in the same light. I'm sorry, they just don't. I mean, that even reminds me of when Margaret Thatcher died. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Mm. Number one in the UK. Oh my God, I remember. Yeah. Again, whatever you think about her, I can't imagine the same thing happening, you know, to an equivalent male politician. It's like, why is this the go-to thing to call powerful women witches as if that's, you know, oh, well, that's what they must be. Yeah. I mean, it's like with Boris, it's like, you didn't see him. What would be the equivalent being called a warlock? A warlock. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. Go be rid of warlock. No. I don't even know how you get rid of a warlock. Someone please tell me on Instagram. (laughs) I do really want to know, and I really want to get to the bottom of, like, why are we seeing so much of this satanic conspiracy theories and panic, particularly about celebrities? You know, it's hard to fully know, but I do think that the simple answer is essentially fear and jealousy. Mm -hmm. You know, so if we start with fear, I think it's the same kind of fear that can turn into mass hysteria And, you know, we've seen this through history. So, for example, we had the original witch trials, um, the rise of anti-Semitism when the Nazis came to power in 1930s Germany. Then you had the McCarthy trials of communists during the Cold War. Anytime there are difficult times, it's easier for society to find a scapegoat to blame. And usually someone who scares you, um, someone who's different. Mm -hmm. In the original witch trials, it was often women in positions of power, midwives, herbalists, and healers, and they were the obvious target in those. And yeah, and originally it was like a fear of people not being Christian, and this sort of idea of a cosmic battle between good and evil. And, you know, when you think of the stereotypical witches, you know, they were usually older women, childless widows, you know, often already marginalised in their village. They're no longer fertile and therefore no longer seen as valuable. And that's part of why I think it's older women that being attacked. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and these are also women that can no longer be controlled. And that's yes, mainstream society. Another similar situation was there was this satanic panic that started in the US in the 1980s and 90s. And it Mm. actually consisted of, I can't believe this is the correct number, but 12,000 unsubstantiated cases of satanic ritual abuse. So it it was really a mass hysteria that went on. Mm-hmm. And in response to a question on Reddit where someone said, what's going on with everyone saying that celebrities are making a deal with the devil? A commenter summed up the source of this and they said it was popularized by a now discredited memoir called Michelle Remembers, which alleged that satanic ritual abuse is a widespread problem in America and that there are Satan worshippers lurking in secret all throughout the country. There was, as best I'm aware, never any proof that even a single case of satanic ritual abuse has ever occurred on American soil, and the panic around the allegations was always baseless, ignorant, and often incredibly destructive. So this this really seems to be very much in, uh, especially the American psyche, that this, this is something to be looking out for. And in Psychology Today, they summed up the need to have someone to blame. And they said, when one's child dies from leukemia or one's parents are killed in a tsunami, the pain of such realities can simply be too much to bear. We need to think that these things aren't senseless and random, but the work of some powerful being who simply enjoys causing misery. That really makes sense. 
But what about the jealousy part? Well, for me, this, this is, really makes sense in terms of conspiracy theories around celebrities. You know, you've got these mega rich, famous individuals. And again, we've, we've talked about this before. It feels like they're hoarding all the success and the resources. And that leads us to ask, well, why aren't, aren't we that successful? Why, why don't our lives mm-hmm. look like that? I mean, we know the world isn't really fair. People start from different starting lines, like the children of the rich and connected. You know, we talked about Nepo babies before, but some people are born with singular talents like Beyonce. And that doesn't mean that Beyonce doesn't work hard. But even if I worked as hard or even harder than she does, I don't have her ability or or her body, let's be fair. And (laughs) so the reality is I was never going to become a global superstar. And that's okay, but it can be really hard for some people to accept that. It's easier to believe that those who seem to have more somehow did something underhand to get it. They sold their soul to the devil. And, you know, there's that famous legend associated with Robert Johnson, the blues guitarist. Um, So on, on Reddit, someone said, that sounds like people being jealous, in my opinion, a thought process of how come this person has that which I want but have not achieved. It can't be because they were lucky or more talented. No, it must be because of a higher power that I will claim is a bad one, so I don't feel bad about having not succumbed to it. And finally, another comment that says, you know, it satisfies the strange craving for myths and storytelling that we all have. Yeah, and and I really do think there's like quite a lot of confusion around this topic. Mm. And, you know, someone said in a comment, generally, when people say witchcraft or sorcery in 2023, it's synonymous with wild and crazy, not literally witchcraft. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So Sarah, what are your final thoughts? Well, I feel like I could talk about witches all day or all night. Me too. (laughs) You know, I think I mentioned in a previous episode that my father was born next to Pendle Hill, which was the home Mm. of the famous Lancashire witch trials and executions in the 1600s. So it it was basically our Salem, right? Yeah. But maybe because of that, I've always felt a strong connection to women who've been shunned or persecuted as witches throughout history. But let's be honest... I'm an eccentric single woman approaching middle age. I probably would have ended up on trial in those days. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm sorry, I think I'd probably be taking you with me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They'd be like those two cackle and dabble around all day too much. <laughs> I'll just hide my cat when they come around. Yeah. We actually have a totally different kind of witch trial now. Um, trials by media and this idea of cancel culture. And yeah. people have been debating about it quite a lot in recent years. And Unfortunately, women, minorities and outsiders are often the first in line when when this happens. But there's also the other side of the coin where women are more and more reclaiming their power. And for some, reclaiming the word witch is a symbol of that. But as you've mentioned, for others, it's just an aesthetic. It can be a way to express their personality or just an escapist fantasy that they want to live through on the screen. And, you know, all those options are valid. But interestingly, I don't know about you, but for me, the people I've met in life who are most like the true meaning of which are just everyday women who've learned to connect to nature and their own intrinsic power. Mm. You know, they're hiding in plain sight. Yeah. For me, the idea of magic is inextricably linked with hope. The idea that there's so much more in the world that we can know and anything is possible. And we have some people who call them miracles, some call them magic and others just call them dumb luck. But I guess when it comes down to it, I want to live in a world with magic and even I I want to live in that world. And even if it's just a feeling of universal connection to nature that I can't explain, 
you know, that's the way I want to live my life. I love that. Just every word of it. Really, this has been one of my favorite episodes to record, I have to say. And, you know, we've been around our podcast cauldron now, Sarah. We have indeed. Do you think it's time to take our familiars out for a night walk into the forest? Or should we just go and scroll for more comments online? So I've got to get back to my cat who doesn't like walking. Aww. Scrolling sounds good to me. Uh, Ready for you to join us next time. Thank you for listening and wishing you a good season of The Witch. Thank you to our lovely producer, Emily. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. It really does help us in reaching more people. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at S2TC Podcast. You can find out more about the show, get behind the scenes, come and say hello. Until then, see you next time. This podcast has been produced by Emily Crosby Media.